Hello and welcome to the That's My Truth podcast. I'm your host, Juliana, and I'm so glad you're tuning in today. If you are a first-time listener, I'd like to welcome you to the show. And if you are a returning listener, I'd like to welcome you back to another episode. This podcast features discussions with people who I admire and look up to about everything from career and wellness to social issues and friendship. If you are looking for ways to support the show, there are a few ways. First, you can leave a review or rating in Apple Podcasts. Second, you can share an episode with a friend or share it on social media. And lastly, you can follow us on social media and anywhere we are present online. So check us out. But overall, more than anything, you listening is the most supportive thing you can do. So thank you for tuning in. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the That's My Truth podcast. I'm your host, Juliana, and I'm really excited today. We have a guest who I've known for a long time named Julie Marino. So hi, Julie. Hi. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Thanks for being on. Um, Do you want to start by introducing yourself? Sure. So I'm Julie Marino. I'm 23. I... Just graduated from UConn with a bachelor's in psychology, and yeah, that's that's me. Love it, love it. So, okay, first I'm gonna start about start talking about like school and career because, like you mentioned, you just graduated, which is like a stressful time. Like, there's been a lot of comparison to people who graduated in 2020 to people who graduated in like 2008 when the recession, you know, during the Great Recession. So I'm curious, what was that experience like graduating in May? So it was definitely a hard experience because they canceled the rest of the semester right when I was supposed to go on spring break. And that really sucked in general because I was supposed to go to London and like really enjoy my time. and. So I was dealing with that. And then the school shut down with the pandemic. I didn't have a graduation ceremony. I didn't have anything symbolic that kind of like pushed me to like the real world or this like world of jobs. But Cam actually reminded me that other people are also qualified and like you're going up against all these different people and It's about what can set you apart. And I actually just recently accepted a position and it's been a year since I started applying to jobs. So it's definitely not an easy thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's very challenging. Um, I think too, like, I just can't imagine that feeling like school is honestly hard. Like college is hard, right? Like, I mean, obviously people have fun, but you're working, you're paying a lot of money to go to school. You're working hard to earn good grades. And then just to have it kind of fizzle out, I can totally understand how that's like very disappointing, anticlimactic, and almost like depressing. Well, thanks for sharing. Um, (laughs) And congrats on your new job. Do you want to talk about like what, when does it start actually? It starts on Monday, March 15th. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I didn't know 
super soon super soon I accepted and then they were like you can start super soon right and I was like yeah Yeah, I have nothing going on (laughs) (laughs) that's exciting so I know before you got this job you were in a master's program in psychology and you left the program and it sounds like just like based on your description of your journey with graduation that you may have like felt like you didn't have a lot of options and school was kind of the next option which I have totally been in that situation so I'm just wondering like what first of all made you start that program and then what made you stop like what were the were they gut feelings I guess yeah what's the whole story there so I originally started for exactly the reason that you said I felt I had nothing else going on I wasn't getting any jobs I didn't have have anything to do which is really difficult when you've been in school since like forever and it's really tough going from I worked two jobs in college and I went to school full-time and then nothing no prospects for the fall and I was really stressed out and I was really anxious about it so I applied for the master's program and I got in and halfway through the semester I like kept seeing people I know move on and start working and trying these new experiences and I really had to think about if I wanted to stay in Connecticut for two years to this master's program and not have any working experience or put this on hold and go apply for jobs and maybe live in a new city and things along that nature and also one career path I was thinking about doing which um, I think I could talk more about later was getting a PhD and I had a grad student mentor who was in a PhD program and she said multiple times like look you don't really need a master's for this masters are usually included in the program it's more so of a waste of money and I wasn't getting challenged so it just felt like a lot of cons and not a lot of pros to being in the master's and I talked to like my friends and my family and everyone and the consensus was like if you're not feeling it don't waste the money and try and do what you really want to do that's awesome that's great that you like were able to recognize it wasn't working and we're like I need to stop doing this also that's really interesting what you said about not being challenged like was it the classes or the content like what wasn't challenging it was kind of both it felt so it was just a general psych masters and it felt like an extension of undergraduate so an undergraduate I ended up taking a lot of like child center classes so and and in my masters the I took classes that were the same and they used the same textbooks and everything and there were no exams not saying I like want to take an exam um but they were all papers that like I've that were just not challenging I didn't feel challenged enough and I and I really do I like to feel challenged especially when it comes to schoolwork yeah that's interesting okay so you said you were getting your master's in psych are you still interested in psychology is that something you want to pursue down the road 
I think a version of psychology. I, for the longest time before I was in college or even like freshman, sophomore, junior year of college, I really wanted to go into clinical psychology. But the more I thought about it and the more I worked in different offices on campuses, on campus and met with like a diverse range of people, I realized that it wasn't a career path for me. And so I think I would do a version of psychology where I could use what I learned, but not necessarily like have a career or a job in that specific field. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. What were some of the most impactful experiences that you had during college? So one of the most impactful experience I had in college, I really think it shaped a lot of who I am was mentoring students. So I would mentor students on academic probation at UConn students that were had a below a 2.0 and trying to get them to succeed at the university and stay at the university so through that I kind of like smashed the stereotypes of if you fail one class you can't ever do anything or graduate college and and realizing that there are a lot of other things going on in people's life that may be a priority over schoolwork. So one of two students I like remember like very well and like really made an impact was one girl was failing. She was failing out of all of her classes because her home was being foreclosed on. And we decided we're not going to work on schoolwork and we're not going to work on stuff like that because it wasn't a priority to her. She was really stressed out and upset about what was going on in her home life so every session we had we just worked on how to manage stress and how to manage time and emotions and energy and I had another student I worked with who failed out of UConn and he came back and he said he failed because he his priority was staying alive over over getting good grades and like we had to work through that and that put a lot into perspective for me of like this little bubble college creeps sometimes and going and like looking at all these different people and like how they can stay at the university and succeed but also have these personal lives and I felt really honored that I was able to help these people and help them succeed so they can get where they want to go even if there were like a few bumps in the roads or a few obstacles, like just helping them have the tools to get over these obstacles. Was it more of like a strategizing session to kind of like think about how their study pattern, like kind of get to the root of the problem in, and to provide supports, like to get them to stay at school? So... We worked on a lot of different things. So study patterns is definitely one of them. We also talked about how to take notes effectively, how to manage your time, how you should not spend every weekend going out and seeing friends or or even uh, especially some freshmen I worked on, they, they had a hard time going from not much independence in high school to a lot of independence in college and we would just 
maybe they were fine with studying and they could get the material down. They just weren't so great at managing the time to study or maybe some people were fine with that, but they didn't have any resources on campus that they could connect to when they really needed help. So I think it was just about seeing what each individual person needed and then going from there. And a lot of times it changed each session. So I usually met with each person for an hour each week. So we would kind of figure out what was needed for the week and go from there. Oh, that sounds really cool. I guess just like hearing you talk about that, are you interested in like higher education or social work? Because it seems like it's related to psychology, but just in a different, yeah, like looks different, right? Um, Different aspects of psychology. I think I'm very interested in higher education. Uh, Working at the Academic Achievement Center really opened my eyes to working at a university, how much I loved working with college-age students, um, and the variability and diversity in working in higher education. So I always knew I never really wanted a, a standard or stereotypical desk job. And having working in higher ed, I feel like I can connect with a lot of different offices, with a lot of students, a lot of staff, and a lot of faculty. Oh, that's really cool. So what is your dream job at the moment? I don't know what my dream job would be. I think just working at a university, maybe even being a professor, I think that would be like really interesting and like really cool. So Mm -hmm. I would say professor, professor. That would be really cool. I'm just curious, are there any changes that you'd like to be see made in like college culture or university life in the U.S. or even in like, you know, where you went to school, things like that? I think I would like to see more resources available to students, like using UConn specifically, like they have a lot of resources for students, but it's barely advertised or students don't know how to get to them. And like as much as this sucks, like at big universities like that, like you really are just a number and you have to reach out for help. So I'd, I think I'd like to see more people kind of in a role like what I did, because I would have loved that as a freshman, just having someone who got the hang of things, has the grasp of life in college and can work through that and especially what you said about the drinking age like that was something like that you have to address like whether like they're 21 or not like these are things that like you do have to address and they can really mess someone up if like they're not getting the right resources or they're spending all the time out and just I think more visibility of resources I think that's what I'm trying to say yeah, that's that's interesting you say that because like I can think of so many times in college where like even I worked at Bodywise, right? Like such a great program. It was free on campus when I worked there, free fitness classes and like people didn't know about it all the time when I told them. They were like, "Oh, what's Bodywise?" I'm like, "Oh my god, it's like a free I mean, you're it's included in your tuition, but like it's a free fitness program." So I totally agree with you. And then it's funny because on the flip side, like the, um, what was it called? Like mental health services. Can we started <laughs> <Right>. on those? <laughs> yeah. Like 
there's no appointments. Like you cannot get an appointment and like that needs to be expanded upon. So it's really interesting just like how people trust those resources if they reach out for help and they're not necessarily readily available or don't have the capacity. So yeah, those are just my little tangents of things I thought of. (laughs) Um, Did you have like a bad experience with them? With uh, the mental health services? I personally didn't, but so I worked at the Academic Achievement Center for three years at UConn and I ended up being the teaching assistant for a year. So I would have office hours with students and I would hear all the time students coming to me my mentee can't make appointments. They are really struggling with mental health. And obviously we're not certified or capable of helping some really severe mental health cases and mental illnesses. And like, I do think it's really important to have like students kind of being in a mentor role, but no one could get appointments. I had the director come in and speak to my class and I had the students ask like point blank, why are there no appointments? And they just beat around the bush and say, are you sure the student tried? And I'm, it's just, it's really upsetting because there's such a push for mental health advocacy and awareness and agency. And you kind of blatantly not providing that. Uh, It's like a facade that they have it, but Mm. Very rarely do people I know get appointments. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I know, at least I feel like not until I was like an upperclassman did I know people who were like really utilizing those services. And I know many people who just had like bad experiences or really, yeah, struggled struggled with the administration of the program. Yeah. In general, like I will say I'm in my mid-20s. I love my life. But I think your 20s are a really challenging time in your life. What is something you wish more people were talking about honestly in their 20s? I kind of wish more people talked about in their 20s how it's okay not to know what you want to do. I feel like in your 20s, you're halfway through college, you're graduating, and everyone around you is like, oh, so you're starting a job, you're doing this, 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 you're doing that. And it's like, I don't know what I want to do. I don't, I don't know where I want to do. You're filled with a lot of uncertainty. Like you're thrown into this world that you never really experienced because college is a, is a bubble. You don't experience life that you do when you're out of it. And it's tough. And, and especially with what you said about social media, I feel like people are always posting on social media that they have it all together, that they have these amazing lives, not filled with any struggle or strife. And it's like, I would love to talk about the fact that like eight out of 10 people have no idea what they're doing in their twenties. Cause like, I know personally I changed what I wanted to do, like the location I wanted to go, like my career, like everything. Like, so. Yeah. Yeah, I think also like with the feeling of not knowing what to do kind of feels like this sense uh, or not knowing what you want to do like career wise comes with this sense of like, I don't have a purpose. And like, if I'm not doing this for a purpose, what am I doing this for? Which leads to its own like kind of mental health, like anxieties and, and things like that. So 
Yeah. Do you find there are certain people that you look to like on social media or just in life who kind of embrace the unknown and like the journey of finding what fits for them? I don't know if I have people I look to necessarily. I think I draw like a lot from like close ones experiences. So like definitely my friends, like I have friends who are doing AmeriCorps, like what you did and they're doing or they're changing their jobs or they're, they're taking on new roles. And I think I look at them and I'm, and we have like these conversations of like, what can I do? What can I not do? Like, what they want to do and things along that nature like even when I was trying to decide like if I wanted to finish my master's or not or like how that would look like like I really had to like talk to people and like especially people who are like go for it like embrace the unknown like figure it out and stuff like that yeah definitely Definitely. I think it's, I think it's great that you did realize like the master's program wasn't working and stopped it because yeah, I feel like you would have regretted it if you continued on that path, you know? Yeah. I fully agree. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, okay. Another thing, and this is kind of me projecting um, because like just in general, like your twenties, like I said, are just hard, like figuring out, all of these things while managing expectations and new environments and all of that. So one of those that I've experienced, not necessarily a challenge, but it's just a totally different environment is with friendships. So I'm wondering what have been some challenges you faced with friendships and what did you do to work through those challenges? So I think recently, like one of the biggest challenges I've had is how to navigate friendships during a pandemic, which I've never had to do before. My friends never had to do before. And it's on top of navigating friendships outside of college. So I was really used to being around not only my friends, but a lot of acquaintances. And that was a really hard, like that was a really tough challenge. And I think just like setting boundaries with these people and asking for like the respect I give them or even like the like the phone works for both ways like like literally like asking them like like literally pick up or call me yeah yeah and it's (laughs) tough because like you get in your head and you're like oh my god am I reaching out to this person too much like they barely reach out to me and it's just like such a challenge to navigate life like that is especially very technological based because I know like um in one instance I kept reaching out to this person and they never responded but I'd see them on their phone they were reaching out to other people and I was like what more can I do to like get it across that I I, I want to be your friend but like nothing's being reciprocated yeah yeah that's definitely challenging. Um, and it's funny, I don't know about you, but I kind of, you know, I'll have friends who are in medical school and like when you're truly stressed out, it's really hard to like manage your thoughts during a day, like let alone like the thing that's buzzing on your desk. So like, it's funny because with some people I'm like, well, they're really busy. And then like with others, it's like, well, I know they're always on their phone. 
Like, can't they get back to me? So yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. And then it's funny with the pandemic, like it's also something our parents haven't experienced. Like yeah, no one really, and like the last time something of this scale really happened was a hundred years ago. So it's like no one in our lifetime even can relate and give tips. Like I just, I think right. it's so interesting. Yeah. So it's really it a like we're, just like, we're just like thrown out into like the dark and they're like, find your way. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, yeah. I I don't know how. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. Um, okay. So then what are some things that you're doing to stay well, especially during the pandemic? So I started going on daily walks. Uh, I go on walks every day. I actually, I go on walks with Cam. We take a, we take the dogs out the dog. for yeah, the Which boys dog? Out. Archie? We t- Archie, yeah. We mostly <laughs> we take Archie. <laughs> Um, and I treat myself to coffee a lot. So I walk up to main street when Cam's working and I grab myself a coffee and then I continue on my walk or I like walk up to Cheshire coffee. It's like a small little reward because I, you you still can't do much. And it's just like a a small little pick me up during the week. Um, I've also like reading a lot during the pandemic. Um, that's really helped me like stay out of my head and not focus focus on like the tough things going on and even during pandemic stuff gets hard so I started like talking to a therapist just you have like there's so many thoughts buzzing around and it's so stressful like trying to find a job trying to deal with school trying to deal with these friendship challenges and I'm like I just need a third party who's unaffiliated with anyone I know to give me sound advice and let me talk through some through some things that may be difficult. Oh, that's awesome. Thanks for sharing because I know that's like a more personal thing that not everyone discloses. So finding therapy can be really challenging. So I'm curious how you found a therapist and if you have any tips for finding one. So I went through my insurance. My insurance has a list of people in network and in the location and I went with someone who is in the same like building and like center as someone I had previously seen like years ago in high school. Um, and I, I also think it's just about a good fit because not everyone like fits with the first therapist they talk to. Um, I'm lucky that I happen to really enjoy speaking with her, but um, I have other people I know who have gone through three or four and then you have to factor in moving and licensures in different states and different insurances changing throughout the life so it's like it's a lot and they're not always as accessible as like people want them to be and I I think everyone should go see a therapist personally but (laughs) my my personal advice yeah (laughs) um and you also went to one in high school you said okay Yep. Yep. I saw him for like, like it was more like a career and like picking colleges and like how to navigate college and stuff. But it was really helpful because the guidance counselors do nothing. And so it's like, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're very booked, very booked. Yeah. Don't have the resources. Mm-hmm. Nope. And they're not licensed therapists. So. Yeah, that's very true. Mm hmm. It's very true. So 
let's talk about confidence because I feel like high school Julie probably wouldn't be able to say like, oh yeah, I'm in therapy, like on a podcast. (laughs) So how has your confidence changed over the years and what are things that you have done to increase and build your confidence? So I think I'm more confident now than I've ever previously been. And I think that comes down to being more comfortable with myself. So my flaws, my body, my mind, my life, my friends in my life, um, like really accepting the not so great parts of myself, like the flaws, the toxic parts and doing a lot of self-reflection and how I can be a better person. Um, Also reminding myself that I do have wonderful friends and relationships and family members, just like keeps me staying confident. And then one shallow one is um, I started dressing a lot better. I picked, found the style. I found stuff that actually fit me, like my body type and things along that nature. And I feel so much better the nicer I dress and the, and the better I look and just wearing clothes that make me feel good, make me feel more confident in myself. Yeah, that's, it, it's funny because I totally understand, like there's a lot of talk about how confidence, it really has to come from within, but there is something like when you're feeling clothes that like you feel good in, it just really changes everything for me. No, I'm the same way. Like I just bought like a bunch of new sweaters and I'm like, I feel amazing. Like yeah, every, everyone should see me right now. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so what is your new, like, how did you find a style or embrace your style? I'm curious about this journey. So I think as in college and high school, I stuck strictly to like, um, like loungewear, like leggings, t-shirts, sweatshirts. And when I graduated college and in the pandemic, it was tough having that distinction between like work, school, and like seeing the few friends I was able to see. And so what I started to do was find clothes that fit me um, because I'm not like a, a small, I'm like size six. So I'm like finding clothes that fit me and look good on my body and pairing them with like nice tops or nice pants or um, I've always loved dresses so I started getting a lot of dresses and not feeling like embarrassed to wear them in a sense sometimes I feel like in high school or college like if you change your style all your friends are like what the heck are you doing but like now that I kind of have this like space where like I, I couldn't see anybody I had a lot of like free reign to like experiment with my wardrobe and my hair like I had dyed my hair pink for a while like I like I cut it like and then I think as I'm buying more things I'm having like a like there's like a few things that like I usually gravitate towards like I gravitate towards sweaters like neutral colors uh things along that nature cool yeah I was gonna ask about the pink hair Um, that is so funny, not funny, but like, it's so interesting what you said, like in the pandemic, people won't see you. So you kind of dress however you want. I like that attitude. Yeah. It's, it's crazy what, what style will do, um, to like 
your wellness, your mental state, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's under, it's underrated. It really is. Yeah. And you don't, it's not like the kind of thing like you need all this money, ritzy glam. Like it's just like where, what makes you feel good. It doesn't right. matter like, how much. Figure out what pairs with what. Cause like I yeah. have tops I could wear with like six different pairs of pants. So mm-hmm. yeah. A little uniform. <laughs> <laughs> you know me. <laughs> um, so what is something that you would like to do someday that currently scares you? I think traveling to another country alone so I've always been pretty okay with myself in situations where I am alone I went to a concert alone I have done stuff alone all the time I went out to eat by myself like I've never um, been bothered by being alone in some aspects so I think like one thing that really scares me is traveling to a whole other country alone uh, even just like the small step of like taking a plane ride by myself. Like I was supposed to do that for spring break last year and I was really looking forward to it because I had never done it before. Um, unfortunately, I couldn't because COVID shut the world down. But I feel like vacationing by yourself too is such a unique experience. <laughs> um, but honestly, like I find when I'm on vacation, like it's really hard to find the right vacation partner and like person that you want to travel with and like, you know, I get grumpy at four o'clock. So if someone else gets grumpy at nine, like it's just so funny it's how all of these work. things. Yeah. <laughs> or like I need a heads up and like a walking break. Um, I like that answer. Honestly, I have never asked that question before or I don't think I have. So I'm, I will tell you, I'm very pleased with your answer. Not that there were any expectations. <laughs> um, okay. So now I have some closing questions to wind things down. Um, I heard this on another podcast and I guess it's asked on like a bunch of podcasts. So just adding myself to the list, but what is one thing that you recommend people read, watch and listen to? Okay. So the first one, well, I put a lot of thought into these because I was like, I need to pick the best one. So the first one, the book is, Song of Achilles by Madeline Miller. It's a fantasy retelling of Achilles. It has LGBTQ plus representation. So the main characters are gay, which I really enjoyed reading because you don't really see that as main characters. And it literally made me cry at the end. So if you're looking for a book that will make you cry, this one. I would not um, peg you for a fantasy reader. I love fantasy. Fantasy is like my, <laughs> my top genre. Have you seen my Goodreads recently? <laughs> I've actually been really bad about checking Goodreads, and I'm usually all over it, so I, I need to be all better. The, all the books on my Goodreads challenge right now are fantasy books that I've read. I like it's just a good escape. Like I don't, I don't want to read about the pandemic currently. And I find that fantasy has a lot of parallels to things going on in real life so I can I can think about it without freaking myself out too much mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. um wait have you read Unorthodox yet I know my sister borrowed it and like never gave it back she gave it back to me <laughs> like eight months after for, you purchased for my birthday it's for people who don't know the story I went and visited Jewel in Virginia and yeah. 
I bought a book at a bookstore, super excited to read it, left it in the car on the ride home. Cam took it. She read it. Your mom read it. And then she gifted it back to me on my birthday. Like eight months later. <laughs> yeah. um, no, I haven't read it yet because I, I just got it back a month ago. <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday. Here's a book you paid for. So that was reading. Do you have a listen and watch? Yeah. So watch, which I assume, maybe assume is not the right word. I think a lot of people have watched is Shit's Creek. It's an amazing show. It's really lighthearted, especially for like a time right now, which is kind of difficult. It's a really, it's really lighthearted. And I actually ended up watching the last season three t- or the last, um, yeah, the last season three times because I <laughs> I promised I was watching it with my boyfriend and then I went on vacation with Cam and your parents. And so I watched it with Cam and then I watched it with your parents and then I had to lie to my boyfriend and tell him I didn't watch it and then I watched it for a third time. That's dedication. And my last one, listen to uh, Crime Junkie. It's a podcast. It's about true crime. They do a really great job and helps me be prepared. God forbid something happens to me. They say people who listen to true crime are pretty well prepared in the case of an event such as that happens. Wait, what is a tip that you have? Because I actually saw one on TikTok today about like something you can do with your phone to make sure, excuse me, as I'm coughing. (laughs) <laughs> no one like is tracking your information like what's a true crime tip that you are hooked on I don't know if it's not like for oh a true crime thing that I'm hooked on is actually through crime junkie they say to always have a document on your laptop that's like all important information god forbid something happens to you so like passwords account numbers like the car you drive your license number like the top three people to contact if something happens, like their phone numbers, their relationship to you, like any keys you have to any place, like any lock boxes you have, or like, and also include a recent photo of yourself. And that's okay. this tip. Wait, so don't you think in a way that strategy could bite you in the butt? Because if you're leaving a whole thing of like all the important people to you on your computer like everyone's phone number every like the keys and all these things like isn't that a security threat probably honestly (laughs) but I heard that like you can like secure it but then I'm like confused because I'm like well then how are people gonna know it's there I don't know maybe write it down somewhere and like put it in a lot I really don't know how. so you're telling me on your computer you have a recent photo all of your passwords. <laughs> I feel like they just said this so that you would put everything out there and they could hack you. <laughs> Actually, everyone from this podcast, please come and hack my laptop. I have all my important information on here. Um, no, I actually don't have a file on here. I think it's cool, but like, I don't have the guts to do it yet. I think because I live at home and I'm like, oh, something happens to me, everyone's around here. But I think if yeah. I move, I'd, I'd be like, Okay, maybe I'll write down, like, or give someone the important information. Oh, my God, that's funny. Also, I just watched that movie, I Care A Lot. Have you seen it? No, but the 
the Rosamund Pike. She's always in movies like that. Gone Girl. Yes. Yes. It's very <laughs> Gone Girl esque. But in that, I mean, I don't want to give anything away, but basically, like, she finds a way to find all of these people's, like, information about their lockboxes and, like, hidden keys um, when they're, like, her wards because she's their guardians. Anyways, that's, like, so unrelated. Okay. Um, were those all your recs? Those are all my recs. Yeah. Okay. Lovely. And how can people follow and support you? So if they want, they could follow my Instagram. I think I post once every six months if they're like in for like a little like, oh, she still exists. So that's Julie underscore Marino, which is M-A-R-I-N-O. And then to support me, um, the Academic Achievement Center is doing their yearly ignite campaign so you can donate five dollars at achieve.ucon.edu it's a really wonderful program we've helped a lot of students and in turn they've helped me and the other mentors and and they get all of their funding not all of it but most of their funding through donations and things along that nature so because UConn doesn't give them a lot of money um so if you want to donate $5 to them, they would greatly appreciate it. Oh, cool. I remember that, the Ignite campaign. $5, all it takes to make a difference. Well, Julie, this has been so lovely. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the That's My Truth podcast. I hope you enjoyed my interview with Julie. As a reminder, all the information that she mentions will be included in the show notes. So all of her recs, places to find her, and how to support her can be found there. If you are looking for ways to support the show, you can leave a review in Apple Podcasts. That would be greatly appreciated. You can share an episode with a friend or family member. And the last way to support the show is to find us on social media. So we do have an Instagram. It is That's My Truth Podcast. And you can also reach out over email, also send a DM, get in touch whichever way you prefer. But I really enjoyed doing this podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening. So thank you so much for tuning in and we will see you next week.